Wi-Fi signals travel much further because of the higher transmit powers that we have as Wi-Fi. So in that case, Wi-Fi will have a significant advantage over some of these other locationing technologies because of the higher powers that we have. Today on The Signal, we hear from Qualcomm about Wi-Fi location tracking, how it works, and how it will be used. Welcome back to The Signal. I'm Martha DeGrasse here for Wi-Fi Alliance, and we are delighted to welcome back Rolf DeVette. He is VP Technical Standards for Qualcomm. Nice to have you back on The Signal, Rolf. Thank you for having me back. So today we're going to be talking about Wi-Fi location. So I think you're a great person to explain what that is and why it's important. Okay, yeah, let me talk about that. It's a technology that's been around for quite some time. The basics of it are that Wi-Fi location or Wi-Fi fine timing measurement allows you to estimate the distance between two devices. So for example, an access point and a client or two clients. Okay. You can do a fairly accurate measurement of a distance between two devices by measuring the time that the signal travels from one device to another. So we are looking at the speed of light, measuring the speed of light. So you, know, you need to do very accurate measurements and that's a technology that's been evolving since about 15 years and became part of a, a standard in IEEE and a Wi-Fi Alliance certification program. And it's slowly proliferating into the marketplace. So I can think of a lot of possible commercial applications for this. What are some of the big ones that are emerging? The real obvious one that people can easily relate to is for indoor location. Like you're using your phone when you navigate outdoors, it's typically it's GPS, you know, so satellite based. Finding your way around the mall. Finding your way around, around the mall. Outdoor, it would be typically powered by uh, satellite GPS. But then for indoors, that doesn't really work. And then yeah. so for indoor, uh, you could use uh, Wi-Fi location that by triangulating the distance measurements from different access points that your phone sees, that would be an example of. Uh, but there are you know numerous other examples. It would be for asset tracking. So in healthcare, for example, trying to locate a particular piece of equipment you as know, fast where, as you possibly can. Yeah, yes, as you fast need you, it. Yes, yeah. you need it. You know, asset tracking in all kinds of environments or for in warehousing, uh, locating particular devices. An emerging type of an area is uh, in the area of access control. When you get with your device, you get close to a door. Oh, you don't need a key card. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Those kind, of, those kind of applications. Okay. And or you even can the hotel could put it on your phone when yes. you check in. Yes, That'd you be could. Nice. Sorry, if you get closer to, but you can also think, you know, maybe a little bit more forward-looking. People in smart homes uh-huh. only turning on lighting when you have a presence in a certain room. Sure. Um, those kind of uh, areas, you know, especially we're getting into this energy crunched and environments where mm-hmm. where you can start to think about, okay, once you can fairly accurately estimate where a person with his or her device is, change the ambience around it, that would be another example. Oh, what about in an emergency situation when the first responders get into a large building and they need to find the person they're looking yeah, that, for? Yeah, that's actually one of the newer application areas in the United States. Uh-huh. We have an E911 indoor okay. location mandate coming up pretty soon. And Wi-Fi location may be one of the enabling technologies for that. Emergency responders need to know where they, where they can locate. And 
thus far there was never an, a mandate for indoor uh, locationing, but that is coming soon. So that will be another one. Another you know use case would be uh, geofencing. You're in a in a park and you have your kids around you. If they get outside a certain boundary of you, you get some alert. You know that would be another example of. Uh, yeah, that yeah. sounds like a good one too. Okay, and how does Wi-Fi compare to other locationing technologies like ultra wideband? What's happening in the industry is that the category of device-to-device ranging or distance measurement is becoming much more pronounced. So there are other technologies like like ultra-wideband or even Bluetooth-SIG is trying to come up with a technology that does better estimation. Those technologies compare that to Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi signals travel much further because of the higher transmit powers that we have as, as Wi-Fi. So uh, in that case, Wi-Fi will have a significant advantage over some of these other locationing technologies because of the higher powers that we have. So, so for example, we did um, a set of measurements a few months ago at Qualcomm to see how far away we could do this kind of distance measurement. Outdoors, it would be over 200 meters we could do really? uh, fairly accurate, you know, less than one meter for one for one set of measurements, accurate measurement at a 200-meter range. Okay, so Wi-Fi really does have a benefit over other technologies. That will be one of them, right? So the, the distance will be one of them. The other key benefit is that it comes with your Wi-Fi radio. Every device has Wi-Fi today, every laptop, mobile phone, lots of devices. If you use some of the other approaches, you will have to add a radio just for that single purpose. With Wi-Fi, it comes with the Wi-Fi that you already have. So there is no incremental cost of adding this technology uh, to, and so that's another significant benefit. So there's the, there's the range benefit, there's the benefit of having uh, it already, you know, be, because you used uh, Wi-Fi as your, you know, normal networking yeah. technology. Yeah, and then in terms of accuracy, You'll talk about how to get to accurate Wi-Fi ranging. The industry sometimes has done itself a little bit of a disservice because we, very engineering focused, we quote the measurement of one single measurement where we say, okay, one single estimate between, say, an AP and a client. Okay. That's what we quote to the outside world. Okay. And that's where you get to range estimates of around a meter, you know, accuracy roughly. However, there are approaches out there why just by doing multiple measurement in a very rapid fire fashion, you can, and then average across those multiple measurements, you get your accuracy goes up dramatically. So say if you get to a meter accuracy by just doing one measurement, if you do that 32 times, you get to less than 20 centimeter. So that's a, a simple approach like averaging, and you can do 32 measurements in less than a second. Really? And then you get into accuracy levels, which are very comparable to other technologies that are being out there. Okay. And how will Wi-Fi 7 impact all this? The benefit of Wi-Fi 7 will be that it's really a technology fit for 6 gigahertz operation, right? And 6 gigahertz, in some markets like the U.S. and Brazil and Korea, we will have 1.2 gigahertz of spectrum allows you to get to much wider channel usage. Yeah. And one of the key drivers for accuracy in distant measurements is the amount of spectrum you can use, the bandwidth you can use. So if you get, in a typical Wi-Fi, say, 40 megahertz channel, if you go to a wider channel of 80 megahertz, your accuracy improves dramatically. If you go to 160 megahertz wide channels, it even improves more. Wi-Fi 7 brings a new mode called 320 megahertz wide channels, so that again doubles the 
the bandwidth that you have available to do these measurements. And that was one of the, the key enhancements that Wi-Fi 7 will bring to this technology space as well. In the IEEE, we're going to do a very focused project to standardize that because it's not been standardized yet, oh, uh, 320 megahertz operation. It's going to be a new project kicking off in a few months, and the moniker is going to be 802.11bk, called the Burger, Burger King appro- <laughs> and, uh, the Burger King <laughs> standard. I can remember it. Yes, so, so, so BK standard. It's a whopper. <laughs> That's exactly. It's going to be a whopper for indoor locationing. But if you think about it, so 320 megahertz wide channel, one of the other technologies is ultra-wideband. Uh-huh. No, it's ultra-wideband. But that's 500 megahertz. So okay. 320 to 500 megahertz, that's not that far apart. So we will have 320 megahertz wide channel to do this with Wi-Fi 7, to do these accurate measurements. Then we have the higher transmit powers of Wi-Fi, the longer range, the fact that it comes with your run-of-the-mill Wi-Fi anyway. So that really expands the advantages that, that Wi-Fi has in, in this space. Okay, yeah, you make that very understandable, so thanks for explaining that. Okay, let's step back and talk about Wi-Fi location in the context of Qualcomm. And obviously, you're involved in all kinds of different things, so can you sort of explain how this fits into your overall portfolio? Yeah, this technology has been in our portfolio starting since 2009. That's when we first introduced this time-of-flight measurement technology, we call it RTT, round-trip timing Uh technology both on the access point side and on the client side. And then in every subsequent generation of our chipset has been part of our core capabilities that we've delivered to the marketplace. So it's an integral part of our offering and continues to be. So we're really trying to get the industry engaged to step up on that. And it's a, we see it as a very important use case enabler going forward. Okay, all right. And I think you recently introduced a white paper on location yes actually yeah it was it was a it was a year ago uh, but it's still very um very current in terms of what we lay out and i would highly encourage people to have a look at it because it's you know we try to make it understandable for a very general purpose audience all right we'll try to get that into the show notes are there any key takeaways that you want to highlight here in the paper, we explain, you know, what the performance drivers are for accurate locationing, okay. accurate ranging. Okay. In it, we also make the point that I already, you know, discussed, which is this averaging. The fact that by averaging mul- over multiple measurements, you can get to very accurate distance yeah. estimations. For this technology to really flourish, is you will need to have uh, applications that actually use these. What we as Qualcomm as a radio delivery is just a set of distance measurements that we would pass up to an application layer and and then an application would have to build on that. For application developers, there's the benefit that once they have these sets of measurements, they can do even way more sophisticated things like applying location tracking algorithms to it to further enhance the accuracy of predicting, you know, for example, in the indoor locationing case, by applying location tracking algorithms and knowing which direction a person is moving, you can really further increase the accuracy of pinpointing where a person or a phone or a device is at some point in time. Well, and I'm guessing that you work pretty closely with a lot of application developers. Qualcomm sort of has a history of doing that. Yes, in this market, there is a key dependency on on the device side, on the operating systems, 
So, you know, Android has been, been very, uh, very proactive in this space. I see. Um, has made a whole set of uh, developer tools available, sample applications in, uh, in the Play Store that people can, developers can download and, okay. and see how they, how they can use the technology. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and those are, that's a, you know, a player that we work very closely okay, with. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, so Android's leading at this point as far as the applications. Okay, that's good to know. So you've talked about quite a few use cases indoor as well as uh, one outdoor use case. Are there any other use cases you want to highlight before we finish? When we started this whole journey, you know, there was one use case I'd like to talk about, and it's a bit of tongue-in-cheek use case, which is more consumer-focused, but ordering uh, some beers in a crowded bar. You know, when yeah. you want to order some beers and the bar is full and you have to line up, but you don't want to spend all your time lining up to get your beers. So wouldn't it be great if the bar had some kind of an app? You would order the beers, and then some bartender would just find you in the crowd. You know, you can move around, but they will be able just to pinpoint and find you and provide you your order. You know, that would be one kind of application. That sounds good. That's, but more seriously, there, just fairly recently, uh, a very interesting set of uh, usages is coming up in the context of a 6 gigahertz operation. Uh-huh. And it's, it's somewhat regulatory driven. For 6 gigahertz, there is a particular power class called standard power. And in order to operate in that particular power class, which has certain benefits in terms of range and, and, and throughput and so on, the access point needs to communicate its geographic location to some kind of a server, an automated frequency coordination server. And there are some rules defined on how a access point can specify its location. And if it's an outdoor AP, typically they would use a GPS locator to automatically then say, oh, this is my exact location. And so then the automated frequency coordination system can tell that AP which frequency they can use at that particular location. However, when you're indoor and you cannot have a GPS fix or for other reasons uh, access points cannot have a GPS technology embedded, there is Wi-Fi ranging allows you to effectively pinpoint the location of an access point indoor by triangulating between known fixed locations of access points and then the access points that are indoors that do not have the GPS capability. Okay. And that's an, you know, another application of ranging technology. It's being deployed already in, in the field. Um, we also see it showing up in regulatory applications. Is it in the U.S. or Europe? Or in where? the U.S., yeah. This Great. is... As of yet, it is driven by U.S. and Canadian regulations, but we expect that other geographies would pick this up as well. But it's novel in the sense that thus far, in the case of Wi-Fi location, we've been talking about access point to client or client to client. But now it's access point to access point ranging. So that's the... Opens up a lot of new possibilities. Yes. Yeah. Rolf DeVette, VP Technical Standards at Qualcomm. It was great to have you back here on The Signal. Thanks for making the time. Thank you, Martha. And that is our show. You can check the show notes for links to some of the resources we discussed today. And for all things Wi-Fi, visit y-fi.org, wifi.org. That's the Wi-Fi Alliance. You can also find links to past episodes of this podcast there. Our podcast is also available on Spotify, Google, and Amazon. Thank you so much for listening to The Signal. Please join us next time.